Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode four of season three of This Osteopathic Life. Today, we're talking about revolution. And if you are a fan, as I am, of Tracy Chapman's work, that brings to mind her song, and I will spare you my own rendition of it, but I would highly encourage you to listen to it. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And this concept has come up time and time again for me in a lot of different realms, ways, mediums. And it's come up more and more so just in this past week. And when that happens, I do my best to listen and to hear what it is that is being asked of me, that I'm being called to do. We've talked about this in different iterations in the past, and we'll bring it up again because revolution means a lot of things and it also means spinning around and the instance of revolving. And so it's no surprise that it returns again for us to consider. It circles round and we come back to it. And so let's start with Tracy Chapman as that came up in a conversation with a friend just recently. And it's a powerful song. It's a call to action. Literally, right? She says to run repeatedly in the song. And the line that has always struck me the most is when she says, don't you know, talking about a revolution, it sounds like a whisper. And there was a video released recently, right, the remastering, and you just see close up her saying those words and remembering that it starts with a whisper. It can sound like a whisper and massive change can come from that space. And thinking about the collective of a few whispers, a dozen whispers, hundreds of whispers, a world full of whispers and what that can say. We've talked about the importance physically and physiologically of listening to the whispers before they become the battle cry, before they become the scream for help. Noticing in this song, right, that we're invited to notice when change is happening and how we are engaging with it. If we're being supportive, if we're making way, if we're going to be run over, and noticing there too that tendency to think of revolution or change or improvement or increase in access or rights for another can feel like loss of for you. But it doesn't have to feel that way. It doesn't have to be that more for someone else has to be less for us. There can be a reallocation of resources 
of access in a way that's actually beneficial for all. And while it might feel like a loss, we can also notice that it is an appropriate redistribution of that which has been reserved and unfairly so for a certain portion of the populace. And when we finally are stepping into that space of equity, of equality, of freedom, liberty, justice for all, there can be that sense of shifting. But it's up to us to choose whether we believe it to be problematic, we believe it to be a loss or unsustainable or unfair, or that we're finally arriving, we're finally approaching, maybe not yet arriving, to a space which we actually were always seeking. Revolution also came up for me in this teeny tiny book, and I've shared it with you in previous episodes, I think back in season one, from the Dalai Lama, a call for revolution, a vision for the future. And I remember getting this book and sitting and reading it all in one sitting, and it's totally doable. It's brief, but powerful, right? Highly potent, high call to action, density in the most beautiful way, not in a heavy way, but very concentrated wisdom and insight, invitation, and a call, a demand in a way for revolution. And the key statement from here is the Dalai Lama saying, I call on you to confront the challenges of our era by rising up and embarking upon a revolution that has no precedent in human history. This eloquent, urgent manifesto is possibly the most important message the Dalai Lama can give us about the future of our world. It's his rallying cry full of solutions for our chaotic, aggressive, divided times. No less than a call for revolution. And it was published November 13th, 2018. And we can think about what the current events were in that time. And what struck me in that moment with the title of that book, with the content between its covers, was that this person, right, who is very nonviolent, who's very wise, who has managed a life with various degrees of tumult and extreme exalt, had a book that said revolution on it. And he's calling us to be part of this meaningful change. And I thought, maybe revolution doesn't have to have the connotation that sometimes we can place on it. That it is associated with violence, with overthrow, with assumption of, with a takeover. And instead, I saw it as revolution like the tilling of the soil. And I love that you could get that same visual of the rotation, right? If you had your garden tool and just were rolling it through the dirt and drawing what was underneath to the top and taking what was to the top underneath to find different degrees of nourishment, some to be exposed to the sun, some to be taken deeper into that which the earth has to offer. And revolution opened up in a whole new way for me. And I was compelled in that time as I was crafting 
a mission statement for this osteopathic life to have it be included. And if I look at timelines, I've had this statement, but I was uncomfortable with it because I thought, should it say revolution? Right? I'm supposed to be for the health and that might be the wrong tone. Right? You can see opening up to all kinds of judgment, my own notwithstanding. And instead I said, okay, right? If the Dalai Lama, it's good enough for the Dalai Lama, if he can endorse the use of that word, I can too. And so, right, the words of the mission, expanding the understanding and application of osteopathic philosophy to serve as guiding principles for a cultural revolution grounded in love and humanity. And it rings true. And it was on the website back before there was any true action. And I've shared with you, right, where I had these programs, these proposals, if you will, which were suggestions because I didn't have clarity of how to enroll, when they would happen, structure for optimal function. But the concept was there. And the premise was there and the hope was there. And the ideal was always there. And now having these tangible steps to put this practice into action is where I find myself. And it's so fascinating. And we talked about in the openings episode back in season two, how openings emerge through closures and constraint, right? It was pulling down, closing some of those web pages that opportunities actually arose, the tangible version of that which had existed as an idea, which is totally fine. We often begin as ideas and concepts and then we find our way forward into the action phase. And so as I contemplate the idea of revolution, we think about the army, right? And that can have, again, its own context, but let's just look at it as this collective of people working together toward some same certain mission. And you begin to think, well, who is in this army with me? And is it possible Right? If we're grounded in love and humanity, to have that be the weaponry that we take forward, these tenets to be that which we wield in a loving and compassionate way, in a way that honors health and humanity. And while sometimes I'm challenged to use those words and I have some hesitancy, at the same time, there's the opportunity to shift the perception and shift the possibility around what they can mean. And what I've noticed is, it requires being much clearer myself on that which it is I am intending, on that which it is I am capable of, willing to do. And it's from that space that the army emerges. And it's not involuntary enrollment, but rather an energetic engagement. And it's one that beckons it's like in Lord of the Rings, when they light the alert fires on the mountaintops and summon one another. And when you see that light and that call for help, but really a call for unity and collaboration and cooperation and connection, and you decide, right? You can feel obligated, certainly, 
But ultimately, you're still deciding or you're still choosing to answer that call and to come forward, to come together, to unite in this cause. We could look at the cause as being against something. That's pretty typical when we think about an army uniting and wielding weaponry. It's usually united against a common foe. And we could think about that. And that's one approach. But if we're staying in the osteopathic space mindset, that's part of the mission, right? Expanding the understanding and application of osteopathic philosophy to serve as guiding principles. What if we're uniting this army and wielding this weaponry of understanding, of tenets, of models, of lenses, of ways of being, and ultimately honoring health? What if instead of fighting against something, we're fighting against disease or dysfunction, we're uniting to serve as seekers of the health, right? Find the health. We've talked about that over and over again. And what if the forces united are to be, right? That investigative force, that curious camaraderie, that team to go outward, to find the health, to reveal the health, to pull back the layers that are obstructing the health. And rather than destroying other pieces or looking for what is wrong, it's simply a showing up and a showing of, a showing out, a showing to, a showing with. And that's the army that's uniting in this revolution. And even in the act of coming together, of seeing those beacons, of answering the call, of recognizing the power of unity in the collective of body, mind, spirit, as we'd like to look at that, in doing that, health is revealed to itself. Because that care and that connection and that willingness to be present for one another is health personified, exemplified, demonstrated? And what if joining together and stepping forward and being willing to look means believing it to be discoverable? And so what if that is truly health, seeing health, revealing health, being health with itself? And what if being willing to be discovered without feeling threatened, without feeling the need to hide any longer, without feeling like you are the enemy. Noticing in a world where we see disease and dysfunction and problems, when you are doing well, when you are the example of health, perhaps you feel othered. You feel that you don't belong. You feel that you don't have a place because the place, the belonging, is this act of being uncomfortable or being miserable or being unwell. Have you ever had that experience where you're in what we consider perhaps collectively as a tough situation and everyone around you is actively suffering, visibly suffering, physically suffering, mentally suffering, physically suffering, And speaking of their suffering, 
but you are actually doing and feeling quite well. And it can almost feel like you shouldn't say so. That it would be an insult or a disrespect to others to say, actually, this is going pretty well for me right now. I think about that in 2020. And absolutely, we can see the many challenges. The 500,000 lives lost. And also be doing well and feeling well and having realizations and recognitions, particularly in this time. But we might feel the need to keep that hidden secret. And while it's so important to be aware and cognizant of and respectful to the experience of others, and we can talk about right when it's appropriate to whom we look for compassion and commiseration at times, or co-celebration, absolutely, we can have awareness of that. And at the same time, notice what it might be like if you have been feeling and doing well by whatever standard you have established, because it really is up to you, but haven't felt very free to say so in reflection of all that's going on around you. And then arrives this army united in health and in concept and welcomes you to be fully who you are. Imagine that. So not only is the act of gathering and beckoning to one another and the act of coming together and the act of collectively seeing one another's health and then going forth and seeking it out, acknowledging its presence and then welcoming with open arms and then having that health reveal itself. Think of that revolution. And notice when we came back to that garden metaphor and we saw when the soil gets turned over, what seemed on the surface to be inert, to be dry, to be void of nutrients. And then we till the soil and we notice that relationship. And actually that surface was protective. It was holding in nutrients in the soil for that dormant season and then making way, right? Taking its place deeper within the earth and letting that which was buried come forward. And so both were still examples of health and action serving their purpose in that time and exchanging their relationship in a very functional, meaningful and intentional way. And so as I think of revolution, in all the different ways that it can emerge, I feel encouraged with the possibility. I feel inspired with the different ways that it can be seen, felt, experienced. And I feel hopeful with the conversations that are emerging in this time. And it's been one after another in this past week, particularly. And while I can remain awed at times by it, I'm less and less surprised because it's clear that when the mission is spoken and clarified, and we could say right, that this is still somewhat ambiguous, right? So cultural revolution grounded in love and humanity, what does that mean? And so perhaps the call is to get more specific, And I do have some specificity immediately following the mission on the website 
are methods, right? So we say mission is this overarching principle and methods are the way in which we're carrying out that mission in this moment. And it lists coaching for treatment and prevention of physician burnout, multiple channels of communication for enhanced public awareness and understanding. And so that gives some clarity. And I had the opportunity last night to speak with a group with whom I am teaching and coaching. And we talked about clarity. And clarity is power, a quote from Billy Cox. And that the clearer you are about what it is you want, the more likely you are to achieve it. And so interestingly, I've had the mission on the website for many years. The methods are relatively new, perhaps within the last six months, even though some of what is contained in what the methods are describing have pre-existed the statement. It is in putting it out there more clearly and explicitly that there is clarity and by nature power of knowing how to interact what is available here? How can I participate? What action can I take? And so there are three clear channels. Podcast to which you are listening now, which has now been enhanced with the gratitude and graciousness of all of my colleagues who have joined me for conversations. The blog, which admittedly has had less attention and perhaps in speaking it here will be a call to action for me to see how I can move that forward. That said, I have been making daily posts through Live Inconceivable. And if you were so interested, I'll put the sign up for that in the show notes. So that's been, in a way, a daily blog. And interestingly for me to give myself permission to let that post count. Oftentimes, right, 500 word minimum, 1,000 words usually felt like that was the blog. But to have a few words and a simple quote and some element of inspiration can be enough. And so how are you, perhaps, limiting yourself as well by not letting enough be enough. And then coaching. And I have many different factions of coaching. The primary one is for physicians addressing burnout. And there's much to say on this. And we could look at that as a space for revolution. There's a call for revolution of the healthcare system, a call to say, this doesn't work well, and that is why there is burnout, and we need to reform this in order for this to work better and these people to feel better and to live better and have health and be sustainable. And I can get behind that. And I've worked with the Health Policy Fellowship for that reason. And I've worked in systems reform at various levels and still see the power that we have as individuals to shift our engagement, our perceptions, our thoughts in any situation to actually be the change that we're seeking. And speaking of podcasts, and of course, always of the great Dr. Brene Brown, her Unlocking Us this week is a 100% must listen. It features Dr. Edith Eager, a clinical psychologist, best-selling author, and herself a Holocaust survivor. She's the author of The Choice and The Gift. And if ever there was an example of how we are not subject to the external circumstances to which we are exposed and those that we experience, but are actually completely in control of our response to any situation, her story is it. And I can't encourage you enough to go and listen. And what I hear in there, and I went for the first run today, 
after my injury and mild concussion. I was listening to the podcast as I ran and stopped me in my tracks and led me to say, yes, this is what the call to action is. This is the revolution to be the force right? in that word, but just that connection because there is power behind it. Right? She talks about the importance of resuming, right? reuniting with responsibility so we can have the power we do already own, but sometimes don't acknowledge within and that it is in our response to the world around us. And so when it can sometimes feel challenging, right? That's when you know you're on the right track, of course. And when it can sometimes seem trite, just change your thoughts. At the same time, it really is the segue through the most difficult of situations. And so on hearing that, I felt the resolve, right, to uphold this mission. I felt the resolve that, yes, these methods are there and these projects are in place. And I will continue to listen to the call to action from all the sources, from the Dalai Lama, from Dr. Eager, and also from within the osteopathic profession. As I've shared with you in the past, osteopathy began as a call for revolution in medicine to say There is more to be done, and we are the ones to take up this challenge, to discover, to inquire, to develop, to collaborate, to innovate. And so revolution is key and core to the practice and propagation of osteopathic medicine. And so it is in our professional DNA. And I've been ever inspired by Dr. Karen Nichols who has been in leadership positions throughout osteopathic medicine, is now chair of the ACGME, and I spoke about her in the Women in Leadership episode as we opened season three. And I had the great pleasure of listening to her deliver the AT Still Memorial Lecture, which was back in 2019, watched the recording of that, and have shared it with a number of people, and I'll share it with you as well in the show notes. Hearing that which began osteopathy continue. And hearing one who has been in such strong leadership positions take up that task and notice while there may not be new ideas necessarily, there are new ways to put them together. There are new ways to collate them. There are new ways to collaborate around and within them. And it is that energy that we bring to the system that can truly be the source of such meaningful change. And Dr. Nichols points out that we are at the right place at the right time to do this work, to be clear on that which is lacking, yes, but also to be clear on that which is working, to be in acknowledgement of the wisdom that exists, right? to see the health that is there, to find it, right? to be willing to be the team that is the seeker of health and so interesting as I've been listening to Harry Potter and the Sacred Test, another podcast that I highly recommend. And I have gone back to the beginning. I'm rounding out season two. But Seeker, 
right? And we think about that in the Quidditch match. And if you're not familiar, you can Google it quickly and find out. But there's this game going on, right? And there are points being accumulated. But it is when the seeker, right, finds and holds the golden snitch that the game is finished. And that can also be the determining factor because of the high number of points that are given to that one find right, over all the other goals that are scored. And so what if we are the seekers in this work, in this revolution, in this army that is being that already is assimilated? And together, we're working toward finding the health. And the beautiful part here is that the game doesn't end when we find the health. That is the beginning, it's the continuation, it's simply the experience of all that is, but it is the opportunity to notice the roles we all have, just as all of those players on the Quidditch team, right? Protecting one another, you know, seeking the other balls that are available, looking at the different ways we can all participate from our strengths and believe that that golden snitch, right? That source of health is ever available and waiting to be found. Sometimes it takes longer than others, right? There's lore that some of these games would go on for days and that's okay. It may mean we're expanding our horizons. It may mean, right? The health hasn't felt welcome. And so we have the opportunity to create this environment where it does and there's a realization of who and how we are. And so I've sent to you an invitation. I light the beacon. I honor the health that is in you by seeing the health that is within me and seeing the likeness of it between us. And as we move through this time with so many questions, also remembering that we don't have to have all the answers and also that the answers simply exist and we can realize them, we can step into them, we can offer the space for them to be realized and heard. And that is great news. And that is the whisper of revolution. That is the question and the invitation that is always available to us. And so I do hope that you will join, not just me, but join the health and be fully you. And so doing, we are automatically connected in that space. And I thank you for taking the time with these episodes. They are part of the mission, right? They are one of the methods to expand the understanding and application of osteopathic philosophy to serve as guiding principles for a cultural revolution grounded in love and humanity. And so extending that love, extending, expanding that humanity by seeing and seeking the health is how I will continue. And I appreciate so much that you are on this journey with me. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.